Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're super glad to have you here today, and we would love it if you would go leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. We might even read it on the next episode. Hey, I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, here with Katie Wiley. Hello. And Nathan Howard. What's up? And with one of our very own team members and co-founder of Youth Ministry Booster, Zach Workin. Zach, it's great to see you, man. Always a joy. Always a joy. <laughs> Zach is, and this is self-proclaimed, but it is also tested and proven by his peers, the 70th Enneagram 7 you'll ever meet. He is truly a friend to all, which is in line with his wonderful sevenness, which will reveal itself in this very podcast as we talk about friendships. <laughs> Zach is a lover of black coffee and black t-shirts, and his beard is getting big enough to apply for its own zip code. So if that doesn't paint a very clear mental image for you, you can make his day by hitting him up on Insta or Twitter at Zach Workin. That's Z-A-C-W-O-R-K-U-N. Zach is married to Karen, and they have two little boys, Isaiah and Gideon. Zach, we're super excited to have you on the podcast with us today, as always. Oh, thank you, Katie. Good to be with you guys. Uh, seven to an 11. Yeah, it's uh, seven crank to 11. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the beard thing carries a little more weight now with Nathan and Ben all kind of trimmed up. Like, Nathan, you're growing it back a little bit. But you're for taking, a while there, it was like the a competition. There was like, mm-hmm. it's like we just kind of hung around long enough and I feel like we finally won. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, well, we have already given people ways to connect with you. So let's jump right into our conversation today. And uh, I think this is a really important conversation. So student pastors, student ministry people, dial into this one because at face value, when we say we're going to have a podcast where we talk about friendships, some of you might think, oh, I've got friends. I'm good. I don't need to really pay attention to this one. But I think that what we like if we really dig down deep into this, I think that the idea of making friends for a lot of people, like meaningful friendships, not a bunch of acquaintances, but meaningful friendships, I think that a lot of people struggle with how to do that and with the purpose of it in general. So, Zach, let's jump right into that topic and just begin with the value of friendships in general and the importance that they play in our lives. Uh, Ben, I think it's really important in exactly the way that you named it. We all assume the importance of, well, yeah, I have friends or friends are important, but as someone for who a very long time existed at the surface or near surface level with everyone, Mm. there is something to be gained by being deep, with a few uh, in, in mm. ministry, especially student ministry, it's really easy to cast the wide net or work the room. Uh, and to a certain level, that's important for the work of ministry, but that's not the identity or fullness of who you are. And I think there's a real fundamental like misappropriation, misunderstanding when we perform work on our own lives of checking in on everybody else, but not sitting with people long enough that we know their hurts or their fears or that they might know ours. And so I think for anybody that's listening to this, like I got it. You have a bunch of people that follow you on Instagram. You have a lot of folks you could call, but do you have not the quantity of friends, but the quality of one or two, maybe three, but let's just talk about one or two real friends that know you deeply and well. 
So you mentioned a little bit of your, like your own journey through this topic and being at a place where there were a lot of those like work the crowd kind of things. So what was it that took place that kind of made you look up and say, man, I know a lot of people, but maybe not a lot of people know me. Uh, that's a, a that's exactly so i actually prayed for a best friend like i, I don't mm. want to this is like a weird like i don't know how you got the intimacy out already i, I actually <laughs> prayed for a best friend i went to seminary like praying for a best friend and so there are two guys in my life uh that are both ministry folks that know me at a regular human imperfect mm. impolished level and so dane uh that i met in seminary is an arkansas boy who's a methodist yeah. on the east side of arkansas uh, he is my salt of the earth friend. He is a senior pastor at a small to medium sized church that preaches on Sunday, fishes on Saturday, and is raising two kids to his wife, who's a nurse, and they're, they're beautiful children and a wonderful family. His wife loves my wife, and we all get along and hang out together. They're great. And then Chad and I reconnected when I moved back to Tulsa. And so, no, there was a stretch. Uh, when I first started in ministry, post-undergrad, post-Bible college, into doing youth ministry, I felt like I was going to be like wonderkin, creative, young gun, pew, pew guy. And so to do that, I had this protective layer of always being fun and interesting mm. and never really like emotionally available. Not because I didn't want to be, I just didn't know how to be or who was safe to be that with. And so going off to seminary, that was one of the things that like, I don't know, you ask Karen, I was on my heart, I, pr I prayed for a best friend because there was moments where I was like, I love you, you're my best friend, but like, I need someone that's like my best friend. And so yeah. on the other side of, of seminary in this last chapter of life, um, here we are. And so, yeah, it's different. So you, you know, you talk about your spouse in that equation. Uh, and I think there was, there was a, a crowd of people that would say, hey, I, I don't know that I need those other close relationships because I have this close relationship in my own house. Uh, I think there's some room to push back on that line of thinking a little bit. And uh, it, it obviously was the case for you. Um, so talk a little bit about that and how you came to the place where you're like, Hey, I, you mentioned it. Hey, I love you, but I also need this other type of relationship for me. Yeah. I mean, it's at some level, you need someone to talk about them with, right? Like, I think, I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, for lack of a better, I mean, I, I don't care. knows. like, like I, it's, it's the reason for a lot of friendships. It's the check and the pool, the check and the pull on like, am I out of sorts for thinking this way? Like, have you gone through this too? And so, mm. you know, like after Karen, birth our beautiful boys like you know like there were moments that were extra hard and like there was no one else to talk with like how hard it was except for my other friends that were dads that had gone through that with their their spouses and so i think there's just there's just some things that you need those relationships that match that phase of life stage of life with you uh, and you know the fact that my two guys are both you know, ministry professionals, pastoral people, that helps too. some of the realities and struggles of that. Um, but, you know, some of it's just, um, it's for the person you're hoping to be in the world. Uh, that's one of the things I would say maybe for the later part of this conversation is, you know, really quality people, like people that like you more or less admire and want to be more like. I think sometimes that's why we hedge against having friends is that a lot of the folks that we run circles with, we always feel like we're the best one and that's um, wrong. 
And so mm -hmm. I think just having really quality people that at some level, there's a breakthrough that you both get to start talking honestly um, behind whatever's put out there or put on uh, is really important. But yeah, I think it's, you know, you need that person that you can talk about your person or people with. So it's, all, <laughs> it's almost like, I mean, cause you, t you do talk about in these friendships, like pushing beyond whatever you, you put out there and getting kind of past the facade to have really meaningful relationships and people that know you, do you almost have to just put yourself out there and hope or without really knowing what the response, like this person is either going to embrace that or they're going to be like, what just happened? I'm not ready for this level. <laughs> so, so I'll steal from, from my best friend Higgins. Cause I'm sure he would do the same for me. Uh, you know, it's a real friendship when you run out of stuff to talk about and you keep calling each other. Like mm. that's, that's where it really starts. Like, I think for a lot of folks we see, especially in ministry world, we see each other enough or we, we zoom or we, you know, we conference. So it's like, Hey, you know, how's the ministry going? How's the fam? How are you? And then it like gets quiet and we're like, well, good talk. See you later. But it's in that space, uh, the thin space, as some folks would write about, uh, that you kind of like lean through or like kind of push through and when you kind of pop that bubble, then it opens up to all of the like awkward and like, inside and inside like all, all the things that become like stuff that's just between y'all can kind of break through and i think a lot of folks are afraid to do that uh don't stick around long enough to do that or uh when they get there they kind of get freaked out <laughs> or it's like oh man he just uh he's not doing good and it's like yeah. well you're not doing good either but like are you willing to support him through his not doing good and that's what i would say is that like dane and chad know some stuff on me that y'all will never get to know and i love y'all but like there's just <laughs> things that y'all will not get to know and like podcast listeners at home like sorry that's that's what the best friend the best friend circle is for is the stuff you don't get to know yeah yeah as you uh through your work with youth ministry booster and you have the privilege of getting to know a lot of student pastors and have similar kinds of conversations with other youth pastors that are looking for those key significant relationships, those best friend kind of relationships. As you have talked with people in the youth ministry setting over the years, would you identify this best friend as a gap that a lot of people have? Are there a lot of people out there like you saying, man, I just really want this relationship in my life. I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to seek it out. Or does it go a different direction? Uh, I think the, the short answer is yes. Um, but the way I think I would want to say it back for the folks listening is the friendship you're missing out on is a friendship that loves you enough to call you out and up and then won't leave you when they do so. Um, if you want to use the old word of accountability, you can. Um, but you need a friend that knows you well enough to know your brokenness, but loves you long enough to like not let you sit in it. And I think that's the difference. I think for a lot of people, we have an allergy of like, oh, you, you got issues, buddy. <laughs> or like, oh, I found out what your kryptonite is. Now I'm going to save that to use against you later. Right. Like yeah. there's just like, I, I think there's some like, um, there's some ministry circles of folks that don't genuinely care about the success of their friends. 
Uh, I think they they want to learn from them. They want to use them, uh, pull, you know, help me get a better job or a better idea or into a better spot at camp, whatever. Uh, but I think you need folks that like when they hear you talk about your hurt and your brokenness, um, that they follow up with you on it, check with you on it, um, care for you deeply about it. I just think uh, that's a missing piece for a lot of ministry leadership because ministry is lonely. Like the work of ministering is lonely. Yeah. The work of ministry is exhausting. The work of ministry is conveniently relational. And so when it's conveniently relational, there's a real covering that you're in relationship with a lot of people, but that doesn't mean that you're in a healthy set of relationships, right? Like it's that classic, like I look busy, so I must be successful. And mm. I think ministerially, we are relational busy, relationally busy, but not relationally successful for our own like self health, wellness, care, and worth. And so. Well, I think you named one of the barriers to this just a second ago in the fear of, oh, if this person really knew me, then that's going to be weaponized in some form or fashion against me. Like that's, a fear. that's a core fear that exists in, in our world. Right. That's a way to get ahead. And I think that's, mm. um, you know, the time of recording. I think that's something that we're all um, watching play out in the year of 2021 is um, what do I know about other people and when might that become relevant? And um, it's important that I think we have people that we trust enough um, that we would be able to learn and grow from them to, for, for them to say things to us that we're not ready to hear. Yeah. Um, for them to um, press in when we're pushing out, right? Like, is that the best idea? Is that right? I think you're like, if you don't have a friend that's willing to say, I think you're wrong, probably not like the best friend for you. Um, mm. Or if you have a friend that you're not willing to name your failure, right? Like if you haven't looked at that person, I let you down. I messed up without fear of like, it's severing the relationship. Like, like it's the same thing that's true for your students or peers that are in like the dating world, right? It's that ghosting effect of like, if I get this wrong ever, you're going to leave me. And I just, there is something that happens at the core of us when we are living in a relationship of practicing forgiveness that infuses the understanding of what we have to offer to students that don't live in a world full of forgiveness or transparency or reconciliation, right? Like it's just one of those like things have to be right until they're not. And then when they're not, they're over. Like it's, it's either, it's either always not or never. And I just, you have to learn that in the smallest measure and unit of relationship before you can even begin to apply it to a larger community. Yeah. Man, you bring up the impact that it has on students in the ministry just there briefly. And like I would say, as a student pastor, uh, relationships that our students had with each other was important. But it was important in the context of we want you to be in a small group in order to be with other people and develop those relationships. We want you to be in a discipleship group so that those relationships can form. And like, those were the settings that we used and disciple now weekends was about relationships and those kinds of things. But beyond that, uh, I, I've, as you said that my mind started racing to think about ministries that I've led in the past and beyond those things and talking about the importance of relationships, I wouldn't say that our ministry and 
I was leading it. So this is me that our ministry was specifically set up and designed to more purposefully work with students to develop these kinds of relationships early in life so that it was a practice that was built in rather than going to seminary and saying, man, I, I really need a, a best friend. And I, that's caused me to start thinking just in this moment, like, I wonder at what deeper level student ministries can equip people to begin to seek out these kinds of relationships earlier in life and prepare them to both be a great friend and to have those same kinds of friends. I, so that's so the the one line that I did bring to this conversation from some of our pre notes is that relationships are a spiritual discipline that mm. they're practiced. It's good. Uh, so much so that uh, so I got to spend a little time at one of our camps here in Oklahoma, and my friend Scott, who's in charge of one of our collegiate ministries uh, across the state of Oklahoma, has rewritten the curriculum for what graduating seniors experience at this camp all summer long, and it more or less is. Friend making 101. <laughs> it's like it, he was walking me through it this week when we were talking, and I was like, Scott, this is brilliant. It was literally like how to build a relationship when you're in a new setting because they have all these students that come in, and it's all just like hands in pockets, like, who do I talk to? And so the week at camp is set up that like they kind of regionalize students come from all over the state. So if you're like from the Southwest, here's like Southwest representatives, or if you're from, if you're going to go to like the university of Oklahoma, here's some connections there. But the content of the teaching is literally like, I noticed that you were wearing this band's shirt. I too like that band. What's <laughs> like, and it, it sounds so basic, but I think at some level we are so starved for relationships that like flat screens and phones can't fill that we've lost the techniques of how to form relationships. And so for him and his team this summer, they're working with high school seniors and graduates on like relationship formation 101. And I, I think it's beautiful. I mean, I think there's some critique of like, oh my gosh, why haven't we done it sooner? But it is like literally the balancing of a checkbook or an account for relationships 101 of like, this is why and how we do this. And I think that probably applies to ministry leaders too. I think we've, we've beat the drum of like, relationships are how we win. We, you know, we win in relationship, but nobody ever stopped like the cadence to be like, okay, but what is the first block of the relationship? What's the starting point of the relationship? What is like, but not even like, hey, we're going to move our ministry towards a relational model, but yeah. it's like a relationship. What is that pipeline? Like, what is what does it mean to go from like, we played Smash Brothers on Wednesday to I now like call him every week after or whatever, you know, like there's, there's like, there's like that no middle spot. Like we keep putting them back into small groups, like you were saying, but then like what happens in those small groups, right? Like it's just like content, 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 mm. and not those relationship skill building kind of tools or whatever. Yeah. Techniques, man. I love that. They're taking that approach. It's that so is good. a it's really so cool. Good. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I, is there, so it's, if it's broken up regionally, is there like a, man, those are the, those are the Northeast Oklahoma people. Like, is there a region it's, of Oklahoma that's kind of like, it's tied. Oh, as far as I feel like, who's the weirdest. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I mean, it's all, the answer is panhandle, but that's like unfair. Uh, but like, it's, it's tied to the university that they're attending. And so like, gotcha. they're going to go to like this school. Sorry. It's not where they're from. It's like where they're headed, but yeah, yeah I mean, there yeah. is panhandle state. God bless them. I mean, they're out there. 
Uh, is that the name of it? Panhandle there is a Panhandle State. Yes, sir. It's like north of Texas Panhandle, Oklahoma Panhandle, and it's just like tumbleweeds and one college campus. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I know about the Panhandle of Oklahoma is my dad used to tell me a story that, uh, and I don't know what time of the year this is, but at some time of the year, tarantulas will come out onto the highway because the road is still hot. Now. It's right now. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, as yeah. you're like, if you're driving at night, yeah. they'll be yeah. out on the, and you just crunch hit, them, hit with them the car. <laughs> but like the size of your fist, like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's right now. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's when like, it's, it's still not like so hot, uh, that like nobody's out, but like the, the, the ground is warming up or whatever. Yeah. On, on the Rocky roads. Yeah. It's now. Yeah, I it's don't, terrifying. I don't like that. <laughs> It's armadillos in the winter and tarantulas in the summer. Like it's, it's a wild, it's wild out here, Katie Wiley. It's wild. I don't like it. I, if I got a flat tire in that, I would just stay in the car. Just, just call AAA. Like you fix it. Yes, that's exactly. I have AAA for situations exactly like that. Yeah. Tarantula roadkill, man. Like that's a, it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of protein. Oklahoma. Do we get a tarantula NATO? If we ever get one of those, then. God, that's such a great B movie spinoff. Like, forget the shark NATO. We need like the tarantula, spider NATO of the planes. Yeah. That's right. So, you, uh, so we just talked about the program, like at camp, graduates, people like, hey, we're going to, we're going to intentionally like say, this is how you, this is how you make a friend. So, that's the question that I want to throw it to you. And this is the part, like, I set it up this way because like some of you are going to be listening to this and you're like, Really, we're going to talk about how to make friends. And here's here's the reason why is because I think it is an undertaught skill. Mm. Uh, I think it is something that is not natural to every person. I think it's something that takes a lot of courage in a lot of instances. Uh, and so I, and we also see from a lot of youth pastor conversations that this is a gap in where a lot of you might be is, Hey, I like Zach going into seminary, you look around and you think, man, I've got a lot of acquaintances, but I don't have like those one or two people that I can go with for anything. And so that, so that's the question, like, how do you make friends? And of course, like, as always, Nathan and Katie, uh, feel free to jump, feel free to jump in on this, uh, conversation, but how, how do we, how do we make friends? I'll just kick it off and say, I think you have to know what you like. Uh, I think this is why it's not a coincidence that often in ministry circles, like conversations quickly devolve or evolve or transform or shift from like youth group strategy into like smoked meats or like <laughs> motorcycles or uh, board games. Like, I mean, like it's like, that's, that's where, you know, it's getting good is that like you actually have interests. Like if you don't have a cultivated interest outside of what you're doing, first of all, you're really precious and I love you and I want to hug you. Uh, but surely there's something you love in your life. And I think that's something worth like, like for your own personal, like thing, cultivating fine. And then using that, utilizing that to find other folks that are like, minded like interested uh you know whether that's visiting a board game shop or going to a barbecue cook-off or uh i don't know katie nathan what are some other things that people like that you like that, <laughs> that, that have like connected folks with you right and there has to be things that are like crossover points for you beyond just like the professional work that you do i've definitely found that that is how i have expanded my circle is sort of through hobbies so like i 
because it's really easy to stay in your bubble, right? But uh, so last last year in January, I started running. We have a local running group here where I live. And um, so I started going to that, which is super scary for me because I'm an introvert who also does not like being new to something. Um, I don't like showing up and being the newbie or being like in that instance, the back of the pack because I'm not fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are like eight minute mile kind of people and below. Um, but for me, that was a, that was a circle. So it was not so much that, yeah, it's, it's that hobby or that interest as a starting point. But I also have a really strange philosophy on making friends because I just know that I'm not good at it. And sometimes it feels uncomfortable is that when I do find a point of connection with someone, um, or I feel like, man, I really like this person. I'd like to get to know them more, or I want to be like them. Zach, I like how you, how you phrased that. I just say, Hey, can we be friends? Um, yeah. and I, like Enneagram <laughs> eight here, I have to acknowledge like my own, um, difficulty with vulnerability, which is interesting because I'll get to another part of that in just a second. But like, I have to acknowledge that it's difficult for me to push through that. And so the easiest way for me to do it is just to say, I want to be friends with you. Uh, <laughs> and you obviously open yourself up for rejection that way, I suppose. But uh, it's worked so far. So I'm grateful for that. That's good. I, I, I like, like the back of the pack. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so, Zach, what else would you like? You went through the prayer journey of that. And so we yeah. kind of, uh, I mean, I've never prayed for that. You never prayed for a best friend? Oh, there's, I mean, there's, there's some other movies I could quote that I probably shouldn't for the podcast. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's a theme. Yeah, but yeah. I, I bring that out as kind of like a, a way to say, man, like that's something that I should have made a practice in my life. And maybe it shows a gap in things that I pray for. But it was just one of those things that that didn't occur. So like, I love hearing that. Katie, I love just the straightforward approach and just like, hey, let's get all the weirdness out of the way, maybe right at the beginning and <laughs> just say, hey, do you want to be friends? If Yeah, I like if, I, if I could add one more thing there, and I think that kind of contributes to the to the how or the why is like it does sometimes take your own vulnerability to engage in friendships like that. And um it is sometimes really hard to get past the everyday, you know, oh, the weather, man, and ministry mm -hmm. things, Zach, like you talked about. And it sometimes just really takes being the first person to take a vulnerable step and share something difficult, share something you're going through. And, you know, sometimes people, sometimes people won't receive it well, or they won't be ready for it, or they won't be in a place where they can walk alongside you in that. But I found specifically recently that when I do take that first step and in entering into the vulnerable space in a new friendship that it, it does, it opens up a whole nother level of friendship. And um, it's just, it, it becomes a little bit less, less work to maintain once you're just able to put things on the table. Yeah. I think one of the things I would say about that is when you choose to put yourself out there like that, if that, if it doesn't have like the result you were expect, like if that is, does not become at one of these best friend or deep relationships that we're talking about listeners, that doesn't, that's not a reflection on you. No, because every person has their own story 
and their own things. And they just might be in a place where for whatever reason, they can't respond in like manner. And that's not a reflection of your friendship or your desirableness as a friend at all. And I think, like I would say for me, I think that's one of the things that kind of keeps me from taking that step with people at times is like, man, if that's not, if that's not reciprocated, then that says something about me. And like, if we're like, if Zach is the poster child for sevens and friends with everybody, like for me as a three to not be seen as valued to be the friend, gosh, that is a, that is a hard thing to take. And so at times it keeps me from taking that, that first step. It is hard. It is a very vulnerable spot to be in and it has taken therapy, which we've talked about on this uh, podcast before, but just to be able to accept that it isn't a reflection of you. It is, you know, everybody is in a different place and has a different capacity to support other people. You know, they may be walking through something really similar, but they're just not in a place where they're ready to share. They haven't processed it yet or, you know, you just never know. But um, so I do think it takes it takes a lot of vulnerability to enter into that stage of friendship with somebody and some resilience to bounce back out if if somebody can't meet you at that level of friendship you were hoping. I think one of the things that I would encourage folks that are feeling a little bit of the hesitation or fear to start with is instead of sharing from the core of you, have a conversation with a, per- a person about how they feel about something. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us, uh, there there is a lot that we can intimate or infer by how they talk about something. I think that's a way we can move past the like, what is your position? What are your thoughts by that? How they got to where they are because that journey of, well, this is how I'm learning to feel about this may teach you a lot more than just, we like the same coffee and bands. And so I think that's something that I didn't practice enough uh, until the last seven, eight years of my life and would encourage a lot of other folks to, to just like, I think one of the middle areas of cultivating deeper friendships is to learn their story, their interests, their hopes and their goals, but also how they feel about stuff and how they got to the place that they feel about it. Because some of, I mean, for my two guys and my best friends, we disagree on a lot of things, but what I don't disagree on is how they got to where they are. Like I have a lot of empathy for why we disagree on the things that we disagree about because I know the things that have happened in their life to shape how they feel about money and relationships and politics that maybe we wouldn't have, you know, landed the plane on the same runway, but I definitely understand like the flight path that they took. And so I think for something that maybe one step deeper, but without fully giving away, like, well, this is what I think everybody ought to think Mm. is to talk about how you feel about something that feels like maybe a little bit uh, warmer, hotter uh, as a, as a, as a thing or conversation piece. Zach, what's something that you would tell somebody that's been listening to this podcast and is kind of feeling something in their gut or in their head a little bit, in their heart maybe even, that's like, man, I, this is something that I really long for. Like, what's what's the piece of advice that you would say? That you probably already have somebody in your life that you just haven't pursued it. Hmm. I, I think there's probably, Chad, Chad and I actually knew each other in high school. Uh, we actually, 
he was in speech. I was in debate. We saw each other at competitions. Uh, th there was already a history there. There just wasn't an opportunity until it presented itself. And so use this podcast, blame us and rekindle with somebody who maybe you've known a long time and have a shared history with, but you haven't pursued the relationship with. You mm. haven't invested the time to see if there's more there than just a shared history because it may be somebody you already know and then maybe feeling the same way too. Um, I think I think that's something that's really important uh, to name, especially in a summer season where it's really easy to be busy. Youth pastor listening to this, it's so easy to be busy, but busy is the enemy of honesty and transparency. Mm. And I need you. I need you to be listening to this podcast next year and telling us how thankful you were that this person was in your life, maybe already or maybe in a brand new way. Hang right there with us. We will be right back. So don't go anywhere. Take a listen to this quick message. We'll see you in a second. Well, you heard it mentioned in this episode, Youth Ministry Booster is a great place to make new ministry friendships. Our caring, growing community of over 400 youth ministers across the country is now open to new members, and we'd love to get you plugged in so you can learn and grow alongside other people who understand your context but are not in your context. Your calling deserves community. Learn more and sign up at youthministrybooster.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. Zach, thanks for joining us today. We always enjoy having you on the show. We'll see you next time, everybody.